Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today we're going to be talking some walleye fishing, specifically uh, post-spawn walleyes. And, uh, you know, I think this kind of came up a little bit later in the year than it typically does. We had a, a late ice out and uh, things are not warming up. Uh, it's early June and uh, it was about 60 degrees this morning. I think we had here in the Twin Cities area, we had uh, lows overnight into the 40s. So uh, those water temperatures are, are staying pretty cool out there, Blake. Uh, how are yeah. you doing today? Doing well. Yeah, it's definitely a different year. I mean, you know, in a typical year, I think we'd be well past spawn. But uh, it seems like, you know, depending on where you're at, you might still find fish in all three stages. Um, I, I heard reports from a few buddies here that they were up in northern Wisconsin just this last weekend and still found walleyes that were melting. So, um, like, yeah, it's just a different year. I mean, typically this time frame, you're, most people have kind of switched gears to like the bluegill spawn. That's really what's on their mind. But it's, you know, up north, there, there might still be a few fish in the tail end of that. But it seems like the large majority of them, especially uh, from Minnesota, Wisconsin, everywhere else those fish are, are definitely done in that bull spawn period now yeah so uh just kind of a a fun deal with, with everything happening the way it is uh we wanted to talk a little post spawn walleye and i think the first thing that people need to think about is where to find these fish uh where do you start looking when you're chasing uh, these post spawn walleyes for me in particular i if I know where they spawn, that's usually the area where I'm going to start. So if, you know, if I have a, a rough idea of this is the shoreline, this is the area that they are spawning in, I'm going to start there and then basically work my way out to where I would expect to find them in the middle of summer. Realistically, they should be somewhere in between there. Um, sometimes it's a really big area to cover, so that might dictate how you target them, um, you know, really what you decide to do. But if you know where they spawn, you know where they're at in the summer, Somewhere in the middle is realistically where they should be during this post-spawn period. Yeah, I think a lot of guys, uh, you know, we've got better and better electronics in our boats these days, too. And I think using those electronics and utilizing that and, and trying to find not just structure, but fish. I mean, the side imaging yep. and the live imaging and stuff that we have now, uh, to me, I would say don't even really start fishing until you start finding fish. Yeah, there's definitely scenarios where you might not be able to see fish, like if you're fishing, you know, weed growth or, you know, rock piles sometimes that those fish are right up on top of that. It's really hard to, to see them, but, you know, that, those are certain situations. Otherwise, like you said, wait until you see fish before you start fishing. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of those kind of weed edges and those types of places, anytime you see a little bit different structure out there, it tends to hold fish. Um, yep. The other thing I would say is you know and i've heard tom Boley talk about this a lot too is people go out and they'll start fishing an area because it looks like a spot or maybe it's a spot they caught fish a couple years ago or whatever and they just will continue to fish that spot for 45 minutes to an hour even though it's not really producing um, so i would say uh, kind of stay on the move not not just this time of year but really any time of year 
Yeah, it's it's really hard not to fish memories. I mean, I've been guilty of it plenty of times. I think like, oh man, I caught that five pounder here. I'm gonna go. I gotta go try it. You know, there's just I don't I don't think it matters how much you fish and how much you really know. It's really hard to not fish memories, but just try to train yourself to not waste too much time on those spots. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with necessarily checking, you know, verifying that there's fish there, maybe making a few casts or something, but yeah, don't waste a couple hours there just because you caught walleyes or something else there some other time. The guys at Northland Tackle uh, put out a video just recently uh, doing some post-spawn jigging, and, and uh, Brad Hawthorne, Nick Linder, part of that whole deal. Uh, they're talking about a lot of different things uh, to be successful doing this, and I guess kind of on the topic that we're talking, I'd say you know, if you find those fish congregated in one area, maybe that jigging thing is the way to go. Um, they talked a lot about boat control too. Uh, how important is that this time of year? Well, I think it's important no matter no matter what time of year it is. It's boat control is a huge thing, and thankfully we have a lot of cool technology to help with that. I mean, Spotlock is one of the greatest inventions ever, in my opinion, when it comes to fishing. I haven't carried <clears throat> carried an anchor in my boat for years, uh, just because of Spotlock. And if you have uh, the option to have talons or raptors or something like that, that even helps more with boat control. But um, <clears throat> it's just really important, especially when it's windy, being able to spot lock somewhere, um, jog around. I was up in northern Minnesota this last weekend, and it came in extremely handy. Um, pull up onto a spot, just spot lock, and then be able to fish around, you know, jog over a few feet, cast that area, and just I basically just jogged around. You know, I would fish these big pieces of structure, and I would just jog around and fan cast, try to cover as much water as I could. So I think boat control is really, really important. And that video that I'm talking about, you can find it on the Northland Tackle YouTube channel. Uh, those guys were, yep. were throwing jigs. They were throwing jig and minnows and uh, really successful. Uh, the other thing they talked about, which I thought was kind of cool, um, you know, just the casting direction. You know, I see a lot of people trying to, to cast up wind. It becomes kind of a, a nightmare scenario. But just being able to stay uh, in contact with your jig the whole time, uh, they talk about casting downwind. Just keep those lines tight as you're trying to to feel your way around the bottom and feel your way on those fish. But you did something different this weekend. You had some really great success up in northern Minnesota this last weekend, and uh, you were kind of using a a little bit different. Well, I shouldn't say a little bit. A lot, a lot different technique than what those guys were talking about. Yeah, I was throwing on a jerk bait. I mean, thankfully, I was fishing vermilion, so. <clears throat> you always have the opportunity for something else. It's not like uh, a Winnie or some of these other big walleye lakes where you're not going to really run into anything else other than like a rogue pike. So I went in there with the, you know, the mindset that I could catch either smallmouth or walleyes and I ended up catching both throwing uh, jerk baits. Basically I found this giant windblown point and all three days I was there, I was able to go back to that at least during different points and catch some more fish. So jerk baits right. are just, you know, you think about them from uh, a smallmouth perspective, especially like during the pre-spawn um, and then again in the fall. But walleyes, walleyes absolutely love them too. I mean, really the only different thing that I changed, you know, between catching walleyes and smallmouth was my cadence, I guess, a little bit. Just letting it sit a little bit longer. <clears throat> that seemed to catch more walleyes. And when I was working it faster, that seemed to catch more smallmouth. Tell us a little bit about the size, and uh, you're talking about vermilion. Uh, what are yep. what kind of your color choices there? With jerk baits, I was throwing kind of all over the place. Um, it's I started out with perch, 
and that seemed to work well specifically to catch a couple of walleyes. But then I was throwing more like chartreuse and like blue colors. Um, I believe the, it's called table rock is one of the colors. It's really hard to describe. It's kind of bright and gaudy, something you would expect more for a smallmouth. Um, and the, the walleyes, they had no problem eating those baits. I was fishing relatively shallow, uh, anywhere from 5 to 12 feet. And it was all the wind blowing side. Basically, where the wind was blowing was where I was casting. Um, and there was a lot of different fish up there, both smallmouth and walleyes. Yeah, I think that's another thing that people like to do. They get out there and the wind's really blowing. And first thing you want to do is get out of the wind. But uh, <laughs> if, yep. if you want to catch fish, that's kind of where you got to be, right? It is. It's, uh, it made a huge difference. I mean, we, we spent a while doing the, the typical, you know, started where the spawning grounds were at, you know, casted jigs around there. Just we didn't really find anything that great. Um, we were out of the wind. And so when we decided to head out to the main lake, like, well, there's a windblown point right there. Let's go try that. And that first spot we tried, it, it seemed to make a huge, huge difference in our fishing. So, Yeah, another way that you can get in on these fish, especially if you find them out in the flats, is is to start trolling. And yeah. the, the trolling, uh, you know, in Minnesota, people love to have that rod in hand. They love to do jerk baits. They love to do, uh, you, you know, the jigging. But, you know, you get out into the Great Lakes area, and when people think walleye fishing, they think trolling. And there definitely are people who do it in this area, but it's definitely not as popular as it. you'll find it if you go out into Ohio and those types of places. But it uh, can be extremely effective trolling and getting those lines spread out and, and covering water quickly. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, and another thing, like, when it comes to that post on walleye, like, this is kind of the time where, snap jigging really comes into play at least you know there's there's not a lot of weeds fish are still relatively shallow so if you like fishing with a jig um jigging a plastic snapping it around that is a ton of fun right now too very good uh i think we can put the post spawn walleye fishing uh, to bed uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about today as well is uh the growth in fishing, uh, the Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation uh, recently published a report showing that 52 million Americans went fishing in 2021. It's uh, down slightly from 2020, but up uh, almost 5% from 2019. Uh, what do you think there, Blake? It's still don't no surprise to me. I mean, you know, the, the last two years have been a very different two years than most people have ever experienced. Uh, people haven't been able to do what they typically do, you know, kids sports, uh, family events, all that kind of stuff that people would spend their free time doing. That stuff was not able to happen. So people were doing things that, you know, they could get outside, get away from people and fishing was one of those things. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, that, that those numbers were up. Um, I, you know, when you see it's being slightly down from 2020, I could see that just being purely because we were slowly starting to transition back to more normalcy, you know, in 2021, where basically all of 2020 was something we've, we've never experienced before here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, you see it at the launches too. I mean, it's uh, the launch thing has been very much an adventure over the last few years. Uh, I yeah. monitor the Great Lakes fishing quite a bit and, you get down on those Lake Michigan harbors right now, and, I mean, there are lines uh, for days, seemingly, to get their boat in the water to go out and fish on the big water. Um, you know, obviously, you fish in inland areas in, in northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota, 
to me, it seems like there's more people around, which, um, you know, a lot of people don't like that. And, and it's become uh, something that the DNR and these, those types of agencies are challenged with, too, because we've got more people actively fishing. There's just more pressure on not only the water and more boats, but just more pressure on the lakes and, and fish being brought home. And I think people are definitely better than they were 30 years ago about filling buckets. But, yep. uh, you know, people still want to bring home a fish dinner, you know, especially, you know, I take the kids out fishing and they want to keep fish. And, and that's just the way it is. And we like to eat and, and all those kind of things as well. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just and I think people need to realize that this is the norm right now. Um, just have a little patience. It, you know, we all have our favorite fishing holes that hate, you hate to see, you know, them filled with a whole bunch of random people that were never there before, but this is the times we live in, you know, find somewhere different. That's really what I do. Um, if I go somewhere that's busy, fortunately there's a ton of lakes around here. I can just go somewhere else. Um, have a backup plan. If, if that lake you're planning to go to is just full of the brim, go somewhere else. Um, you know, you mentioned the DNR thing. I, I hope that with all this additional pressure, it brings on some new regulations at some point here. Um, especially with panfish in Wisconsin, we're still kind of stuck in the, the old times here with a 25 fish limit, in my opinion, but you know, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Things, things are changing. I know uh, Minnesota has been locking down a few lakes doing uh, you know, five fish limits on panfish uh, to try to keep those, those, that size structure up. The other thing interesting in the report, uh, 12.9 million youth anglers, um, which was, I guess not surprising, but I think the thing that was really kind of surprising to me was uh, almost 20 million female anglers. And that's interesting in a few different ways. One is I think it's great that that obviously families are getting out together. Um, but yep. I think with social media, you know, there's a lot of women out there showing off what they're doing on the water. And I think it's making fishing for a lot of women go from something that you know, that's something my husband does or that's something my boyfriend does to something, hey, I can do this too. I can go out and yeah. do this. And, and one of the things that I notice when uh, I take uh, female anglers out is most of them are really, really quick to learn. And, you know, they want to learn and, and they want to be good at it and they want to show that they can do it too. So it's it's fun to get out there with them. And it's, it's really exciting to see that that portion of fishing is growing right now. Yeah, you know, to add to that point, I've heard a few different guides say that they prefer women clients in their boat simply because they're more willing to learn and listen to you know, this is how you have to do it. Where if somebody, some guy who's been fishing for a whole a whole bunch of time, he goes in there with his expectations with, you know, what he knows how to do. Um, and so it's good to have that kind of new blood to the sport. I think it's a, it's an interesting perspective. Yeah, so good to see that the sport uh, is growing. It'll be interesting to see uh, over the next few years, again, that retention. We brought on a bunch of new anglers and, and how they, they stay in the sport and how uh, if they continue to enjoy it and continue to have good experiences that they stay in it. Uh, Blake, again, once again, appreciate you coming on the show this week. Uh, fun talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chris. All right, for Blake and Chris, we'll talk to you on the next show. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.